0: Welcome to the Tulumininia podcast, presenting stories from the women living in Tulum, Mexico. Be inspired by their life in the jungle, find out what makes Tulum so unique and get to know the favorite places of the locals. I'm so happy to have Rachel Appel in the podcast today. And first of all, I want to start uh, with a compliment because uh, you are a super big source of inspiration for me and um, your work connected with Tulum impresses me personally a lot and um, that's why I'm super super happy to talk with you today and thank you that you're here and take your time to share your personal story connected with Tulum with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored that you invited me here and that my work inspires you you know it was definitely a labor of love it wasn't always good days but i'm happy in the end with what i accomplished and i'm happy that it's having some sort of impact
0: yeah it definitely does and so for the people who do not know you or haven't seen your work before best is to start off with who are you and uh, what are you doing or what are your projects
1: So my name is Rachel, I do a lot of different things for work, for hobbies, you know, I'm constantly doing different projects, but the reason that I'm here today is because of a documentary that I made called The Dark Side of Tulum, and it's an environmental documentary that explores both the beauty and betrayal of Tulum, Mexico, and sort of what we can do to change things, and if things can be changed, and and how to sort of go about the shift of consciousness that that we need not just in Tulum but in the world. So that is why Marietta invited me today. And I'm very happy to be here. And I've been going to Tulum for quite a while. I've been going to Quintana Ro since I've been five years old. I never knew that it was Tulum or even Akumal or Chumayo, which are neighboring towns. You know, it was always just the jungle a few hours south of of Cancun and back then it was just a dirt road um
0: <laughs> yes the,
1: the first time that I knew I was in Tulum was in 2010 we had heard about this cute little beach town and it was super quiet and rustic and the electricity went out after 10 o'clock there was no air conditioning in any place on the beach the glamour was not there at all which I really loved and yeah it was it was definitely a different world and I've been going ever since and it's been very wild to watch it explode the way it has it's not all bad but it's hard to see a place that holds so much beauty and potential be taken advantage of
0: oh yeah i totally know what you mean i have the same sentiments about this living here and I think we will definitely go deeper into that topic and also your project in a bit. But first of all, I would like to get to know a little bit more about your personal connection with Tulum. So when you were here the first time, that was 2010, right? You said, um, what was the feeling you had when you were here um, or, or when you came here the first time? What, what made you connect with this place so much?
1: The ocean is beautiful, of course, but I would have to say the cenotes and the underground river system really got me, as I'm sure it gets many people. It's it's really humbling to swim in those waters and to really feel that connection with the cave system and to realize you're swimming in the veins of the earth and, and how sacred of a place it is and really understanding how the entire area depends on that underground river system. It's the source of life there, and you can't see it above the ground, which sort of makes it even more poetic, because often it's things that you can't see are, you know, what's most important and what is taken advantage of. So it was definitely the underground river system that kept drawing me back to the area, and after I went in 2010, I came back in 2013 and I was a nature guide for a, a while, you know, bringing people into the Unremembered system and getting certified to dive and taking people to the ruins, to the Tulum ruins, and to the Koba ruins. I mean, it was my job to share my love for the place with people, not necessarily what were the best restaurants or what was the best hotel to stay at but what was the most beautiful place to watch sunrise or what was my favorite cave to go exploring. All of those all of those little things that you're constantly doing every day and, and I was so blessed to call that my job for a while and then I started to really notice that things weren't really as they seemed and Tulum was heading down a path that I didn't necessarily like.
0: Yes. And how did you see that when you were in this nature and the beautiful places? Did you see it there in the cenotes? Or where did you had this, um, like, where, where did it pop up? Like, that you say, oh, my God, this is, there, there's something wrong, going wrong here?
1: Not in the cenotes so much. But, for instance, I was, you know, in charge of taking care of people's garbage throughout the day. You know, wrappers and water bottles and things like that. And I fortunately lived with people who were very aware of these things, and, and they started saying things like, Where is all of this trash going? And it took a little while to be like, Oh, even though there's this garbage here that says bottles, has anyone even really seen a recycling center? And, and there, I mean, there is one. But unfortunately the bottles don't always make it there and and I started to hear about this garbage dump that's in the middle of the jungle and it was it was just a rumor. And then you hear about people, No, no, I've been there and it's it's bad and and you start to really say like, Well, what are we all doing here? Because aren't we here because it's so beautiful, but we're destroying it and it's it's the story of the world just on a much smaller scale. But I think looking at those smaller scales are helpful because when you look at the world it seems too impossible to even grasp. So when you, when you can really hone down on a place like Tulum and, and, and see it you know under the microscope and hopefully make changes so that it doesn't continue to happen and that we can fix it.
0: Right absolutely because I think also that Tulum um, I always say that it's like a blueprint for so many other places in the world right? that are still super untouched and the infrastructure is not there yet but there are a lot of people um, and I think in places like this we can all try to make it better somehow with yeah, starting from small things and not looking at the huge huge world where a lot of problems are yeah like as you said like we cannot really like where should we start right and um so what is what is the before we dive deeper into the the dark side um i would like to know like what is exactly the magic of Tulum for you is it the nature is it the the underground water river system or is there anything anything else that is super magical for you in tulum because there are so many people coming here and they say tulum has this magic right what is this for you
1: um i mean it definitely does have this magic you'll hear people say like tulum is this vortex and the ancient mayans who lived in tulum long before any of us or even a thought in the universe they knew that it was special and that's why they built tulum there it has the sunrise from the water it has the Xi'an Khan biosphere, which is, for me, one of the most incredible places that I've been in the world. One of my favorite things to do is go watch the sunset on a little broken dock in Xi'an Khan. And there's not many people there because you have to hop a fence to get there. And, and I think that there are certain places in the world like Tulum that just have a certain energy and you can't really explain it. You have to go and feel it yourself. And Tulum is one of them and it's, it's one of the reasons that people are drawn to it and why it's grown so quickly and, and unfortunately it's just being it's just being mismanaged.
0: Mhm. Yes. Totally. And now like um going back to to the to the your project and um what you did and then um just starting from the point when you saw oh wow there is something going wrong here. Um, and you heard about this dumping side so how did your project start right um have you been then yeah researching about the dumping side or um how did it start that you were thinking about um, showing in a documentary what is going going on in tulum
1: while i was back and forth from tulum and in between studies and things like that i decided that after i finished my studies which i was studying environmental studies in in New York at Hunter College. You know, I was like, well, once I'm done with school, I'm gonna move to Tulum and I'm gonna try and clean up what's going on and, and be really involved in the community. And I actually started applying for jobs and I got accepted to a really great job where I was gonna be making a decent amount of money. And I was even being sponsored with my visa and everything and it was gonna be totally legit. And it was right before Christmas of 2015, and I decided that's what I was going to do. I was going to go home for the holidays, and I was going to do my visa work. And then after Christmas, I was going to move down and work during the day, and then and then be really involved in the community. And while Christmas was happening, uh, one of my dearest friends' mom's passed away. And not that it really has anything to do with Tulum, but you know, you go through that with a friend and. And something in me told me that I needed to do something for Tulum, but that this wasn't the right path. Just moving down and, and trying to clean it in the way of you know, a recycling program or you know, a clean water program or something, which are all things that Tulum needs to be improved with. But in the time that I had sent my visa work down, it turned out that I had made a slight mistake. So they had to send it back to me, which was kind of annoying But when I got it back, I actually, I never sent it back. And I decided to apply for my master's in journalism in London. And I got in. And by September, I was living in London and working and studying journalism with the intent of that I was going to tell a story after my one-year course. You know, it was an international program. And I learned so much about reporting and researching and how to write and how to record and film and edit and all of those things. It was an amazing program at City University of London. Uh, it was my final project, that's how it started off. We, we had to do either like a radio piece or a video. Um, and I actually, I, I did a radio piece for, for my grade, but it took me a few weeks and once I was done with that, I was like, okay, like now I'm gonna take this information and turn it into a documentary because this story really needs to be told because the only thing people are seeing are instagram photos and pictures of food and beaches and models and things like that and like no one is seeing what's going on behind the scenes and i'm gonna use instagram against itself and i'm gonna show people what's really going on so when i went down there i really had no idea what i was doing or getting myself into i had no idea how bad the situation really was until you see it and you're like walking through the garbage and you're meeting people who have Literally swam through feces in the underground river system, and it was hard. And there was days where I was very serious about giving up. And then you know I chased a lot of dead ends, and I trusted a lot of the wrong people. And I I wanted help, you know, making the film because it was my first film. I really I really was inexperienced, and I met a lot of people who promised to help me, and they never did, uh, which was Hard because I wanted help so bad because I I needed that help to help to learn. And then I got a call a little over a year ago from my now dear friend Gabrielle. She was doing something for Art Basel in Miami, and you know she said she had been following my project on Instagram, and, and she wondered if she could show show something at, at Art Basel, which was you know in two months from the time that we spoke. And I was just like, yeah, I can give you a short. And I did not have a short at the time, so I literally, from that moment, sat in front of my computer from 6 o'clock in the morning until 2 a.m. for, like, two months straight. And, you know, I bought stock footage for what I was missing. I wrote the script, and I just I just did it. I was like, you know what? No one is going to help me. There's a lot of people who don't want me to make this film, and I'm not going to let that happen. And I made the short, and I put it out there, and it was very well-received, and it got so much more attention than I ever thought it would putting out my own independent documentary on YouTube so summed up that was the story of how it happened
0: yes wow um that's so so impressive and so yeah full of uh, things I would like to ask and to know this is uh, super impressive that you just went for it and just make it made it happen um because one of the questions I I have right now is uh, when you were um, telling the story is um why do you think or who didn't want you to do the documentary? What, was it more like like individual people who were afraid that 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 there is something shown that is not right or is uh, or, yeah like um yeah, the tourists would be scared away away from seeing this, or uh, was it more like also the town, like really saying no, or what was the, what was the troubles or this this thing um, that you thought the people actually don't want the people to see this?
1: It was large business owners, I would say. You know, it's, my movie is bad for business, and anything that's bad for business, they don't want. Saloon is. Is a town where word gets around fast, and you know it wasn't long before I understood who was on my side and who was against me, and who was pretending to be on my side. And uh, you know I, I know that not all, but uh, a lot of the hotel owners were very upset, especially before I put out the film. You know when I was putting out teasers and trailers, like who does this girl think she is? She's calling it the dark side of Tulum you know, just, just upset and, and I get it. It's hard for people to be called out on their bullshit, essentially. And, and a lot of the business owners, unfortunately, have been mishandling this whole situation. And I don't blame them, but I think now that now that we know all of this, that it's time to take serious action. And there are some that are, but in my opinion, there's not enough people taking serious action.
0: Yes. Yeah, I see that the same. I have the feeling here it's really still all about fast money um, and not about really creating sustainable solutions and investing, of course, for these. Um, yeah, I, I find this personally very strange because we are dealing here with nature, right? And the beauty uh, of, of the whole area. And when... The area is destroyed, and 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 yeah, like through pollution and whatever it is, um, the tourists will yeah stay away <laughs> for a longer time, right? And um, this is something I, I personally don't understand, <laughs> and uh, I also want to yeah, talk about this point, right? That you said that people said, oh, this girl thinks she is talking about the dark side of Tulum. Do you think that they thought you want to shed a bad light on Tulum? But I have the thing it's actually the opposite, right? Because it's a chance for Tulum when you show also the dark side, no?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always been a firm believer in that the only way to really reach the light is through the dark. Um, You know, we hear that all the time and it's true. But again, there's a lot of people here in Tulum who are here to make money and that is their their concern and a lot of those people who are disrespecting the environment have the luxury to sell their place and go to the next hottest destination once they've ruined Tulum and they can forget all about the people that they've left behind and all of the families that depend on Tulum and they had that luxury so they don't really care you know they're they're there to make money and they're there to be seen and they're there to have the most Instagram followers and it's, it's a shame but you know again it's, it's the story of the world money usually triumphs over the environment
0: yeah unfortunately <laughs> the world is still um, like that yes uh, <laughs> so hard <laughs> um, and uh, but for me personally it's also living here um, I don't know it's a trouble to to see it really in your face what's what's going wrong right um i have the feeling that in bigger cities um yeah it's just in the background right the the uh, trash uh, system works you don't really also see that there's trash around but here in Tulum, it's right in your face right um and what, just one question what do you think like it's all about eco tourism here right when you google hotels in tulum they all claim to be eco-friendly and everything do you think um there is like a business that is really eco-friendly here or is all a fake
1: i'm not gonna name anyone or or blacklist anyone on this podcast but i will say that you know among my research and and tr- and you know friends of mine who are biologists scientists there like we we've, we've sort of done some numbers and it, it's like maybe maybe 5% of businesses are actually sustainable.
0: Wow that's a crazy number right?
1: Yeah yeah it is a crazy number um, but you know they also these businesses fail to see that times are changing and You know if they actually put their money where their mouths are and they were sustainable that they could charge even more money than they're currently charging and they're charging quite a lot and uh, sustainability doesn't have to mean making less money it means making an investment for the future so that you can actually be more profitable in the end and it's unfortunate the sort of scene that is in Tulum now there's a lot of crazy stuff happening there and and, you know, my, my friends tell me that all of the parties this year, Tulum is not meant to be Ibiza 2.0. Tulum is not meant to have thousand-person parties when the places that are hosting them are only meant to host a capacity of two to 300 people. <laughs> you know, Tulum is just, it would be nice if, if we could all go to Tulum and party and have fun and not and not have a care in the world and that you know Tulum could handle it but it's just it's not that's not what Tulum is meant for Tulum is meant for cleansing and and enjoying nature and having a drink and good food with your friend and not raving for 5 days straight there's places in the world that it is meant for that but Tulum is not one of them and um, you know it's it's hard for some people to hear i have friends who do it you know and and i i love them to death still but and the bottom line is that Tulum is not meant for all of these parties. It's brought way more harm than it has good, you know, with all of the gangs and and all of the violence. And and then with that comes, you know, people who want to bring more business here. That the kind of business that you don't want in Tulum.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, like, how was it for you? Like, uh, you saw this change, right? You. You said 2010 was your first time here, so it's now 10 years after you've been here the first time. So, um, what was the the strongest change you, you could feel in that time?
1: Just being on the roads is like, you feel it, you know, you feel the air is not as crisp anymore and you feel You know, my feet are filthy, like when I walk around now without shoes, and you know, it just doesn't feel as clean anymore. Most of the hotels on the beach run on diesel generators. None of us are thinking about how that's affecting our lungs even. Like, be selfish, forget about the environment. Like, let's all remember, we're all breathing in this filthy air because diesel generators are not meant to be a main source of energy. They're meant for emergencies. (laughs) because they consume so many resources and they're 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 very dirty. <laughs> so we're all breathing this in and you know it's settling on the ground and it's going into the ocean and it's going into the cenote system and, and it's just a ticking time bomb. That's how I sort of look at Tulum and it, it's it's as, it's as if you're building a new house and everyone knows well you have to lay the pipes down and you you have to get plumbing and and you have to put the electricity in before you can move in you have to have running water and all these things and it's like we all moved into that house or we all moved into tulum before it was built (laughs) and now it's harder to catch up and and build around everyone than it would have been to be like okay like let's take our time and you know do this properly because tulum is not the first place that this has been done to you know it was done to acapulco in the 50s It was done to Cancun, and then it was done to Playa del Carmen, and now it's being done to Tulum. And it's very sad, but I've also learned I can't let that sadness get to me, and I I sort of have to stay strong, because if you let the sadness get to you, then you don't really get anything done.
0: Yes, you're totally right. And I think that what you just said is super important um, for people to know, because so many travelers visiting tulum they are not aware that this place is still a place in the jungle and and the super virgin place and it's like as you said it's a house where we have to put pipes on each um, hotel or restaurant uh, to have the sewage going in and out i mean out and or fresh water in it doesn't exist, right? And also electricity, most of the places are not connected to the electricity system in town. Um, garbage, uh, yeah, it's it's another thing that you have, every place has to organize their own pickup if they want it. Um, so yeah, I think this is super important for people who come to Tulum to know because uh, many um, I've spoken to are surprised about this, right? So I think when you are aware of this you can also mm, handle this place in in a different way right um and um yeah this also this feeling of sadness i have this sometimes to it it's overwhelming but i think we always have to come back to 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 hope right so what would you say could be or is a solution to save the environment of tulum
1: I get asked this question a lot and for a long time you know when people would ask me especially you know if I was at a screening or in a public event with my team that I was with at the time you know we would offer this is how we can fix our water this is how we can fix our energy this is how we can fix garbage and they do exist you know there's there's a company that I'll mention because the water for me is the most important thing you know, plastic is important, don't get me wrong, but plastic is physical, and, like, once something goes into the water, it's a lot harder to clean up, and water is the source of all life. So we really need to take care of the cenote system, and, you know, every place, I briefly mentioned it in my documentary, needs to have a wastewater treatment plant, you know, if they're not hooked up to the, the municipal sewage system, which most places aren't. And there's this company called Elemental that is doing really amazing work. They have, a system that you can buy and, and put in your place and and it will recycle the water and 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 clean it and and make sure that you're not your your dirty water is not polluting so you know if you want to check them out there they're a great company um, and i think they deserve a lot of attention uh, right now because once the water is dirty i don't know what's really going to happen and and it, it, there's only more and more sewage and pollution going in as we speak right now. You know, it's, it's not stopping. So for me, that's the most important. But again, I would go to these events and I would offer these different types of solutions that based on my research and, and my knowledge and background that I, I thought can help Tulum. And I, although I, I do think they can help Tulum, I think what Tulum really needs and it's ironic, (laughs) is a spiritual awakening because everyone's talking about spirituality and community and tribes, and no one is really acting on it. I mean, there's definitely a few dear friends of mine who who are very involved in the community and in the international school, and, and they do really care. But most of the people with money And the people who can solve these problems and a lot of the large hotel owners, they're talking about cleaning the environment. And then I have those same hotels that are going around preaching these campaigns. And I'm like, oh, well, a few months ago, I was recording your workers chopping down mangroves. And then when I confront them, they're like politicians and they ignore the question. They'll answer all of my other questions. But when I ask them, but what are you going to do about the fact that you're chopping down mangroves? They just ignore it, like a true politician. And, and it was in that moment that I was confronting this business owner about him chopping down mangroves that you know, I realized no amount of technology or money is gonna save Tulum. What these people need is to really like look inside of themselves and ask themselves, when this is all over, when Tulum is all over, am I gonna be able to sleep at night knowing what I did? Or what I didn't do, and that's their choice. Again, I I really think that you know Tulum needs a wake up call of some sort, and that's that's what I hoped this documentary would be, and I, I hope that maybe you know it still can have that effect, but um, only time will tell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, only time will tell, and I just hope that a lot of people watch your documentary and um yeah get to know more about what's what's the beauty and um also the the dark side of this place and um you were just talking about um campaigns of the hotels right and this is actually a very nice um yeah uh, next uh, uh yeah to my next question um because if you would place an ad on one of the big billboards in tulum who are just right now advertising invest in a new apartment (laughs) um so if you could advertise on one of these big billboards what would it say
1: i thought about (laughs) um but it costs a lot Uh, what would it say honestly because i i'm very creative and And I want people to think and not just read something. Um, It would probably be, you know, a picture of some not nice image of Tulum, whether it's a garbage dump or trash on the street or or something not appeasing to the eye because all of the billboards are very beautiful on the road. And it would probably say something like, it was fun while it lasted. Although it's, it's not a joke because I really hope that one day we're not all looking back and saying that because it seems like it's heading that way. One day we're not going to go back to Tulum and, and who knows. But that, that's probably um, maybe an option that I would have for a billboard.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's super beautiful and strong because um and brave because uh, not many people dare talking about this topic um, uh, openly and in public because they fear that, um, yeah, you, that they are being known as the person talking bad about Tulum, right? But it's it's not about talking bad about Tulum. It's about actually caring and it's um, coming out of a place of super deep love for the place um, right Um, and this is I think also very important that people understand that this is not about talking bad about the place, it's just about that we need to take a lot of care (laughs) so that it's as beautiful as it is in the future right?
1: Right, I I explained it at the end of my documentary, the dark side of Tulum is a dark mirror, It's, it's obsidian which is what the ancient minds believed Obsidian was was the reflective mirror of truth and it's it's looking in the darkness and facing the truth and Deciding I'm gonna keep living this lie or I'm gonna change My own narrative and I'm I'm gonna go towards the light and and live in the truth and And do the right thing and once you make that change once you do the right thing there's no shame in looking back and saying I was not doing the right thing. I was fucking up, you know, and there's no shame in that. And I I hope that maybe business owners who hear this, who maybe aren't doing the right thing, understand that. Only good can come out of changing your ways if, if that's what's necessary, you know. I've made so many mistakes in my life that needed a change and now I can look back on them in confidence and admit to those mistakes and feel strong that I made those changes and it's the same. But people fear change, you know, and and uh, we'll see how Tulum goes in the next few years,
0: I guess. Yes, yeah, because it's really, as you said, um, admitting that, yeah, you did something that it's maybe not quite right or not perfect. It's actually super confident to say that, right, and to be aware of this and say, okay, I stand here now and I will change it. This is, uh, yeah, it's a super, super strong character trait. (laughs) And I hope that many more people will have this in the future. Um, Yeah, and um, I think that I have some last questions for you. Um, For example, one of my favorite questions um, I always ask is put into just one single word. What does Tulum mean for you?
1: I have had some of the best days of my life in Tulum and some of the worst. I have fallen in love. I've had my heart ripped out of my chest. I've, you know, met the worst people in Tulum and I've met the best people in Tulum. And all of it has taught me so many lessons and I wouldn't be who I am today without Tulum. So I think growth is definitely my word.
0: That's beautiful. And um, what advice would you give to travelers who come to visit Tulum for for the first time and they don't know anything about it? What advice would you give them?
1: Explore without believing Instagram. Find your own places, you know, don't just listen to reviews, walk around, don't Google everything. You know, I think part of the reason that Tulum became what it is is because of Instagram and Google reviews and, and people wanting to be seen at certain places, and, and there's a lot of hidden gems that, you know, aren't as loud amongst the crowd, and, and, and you should go and find them. And just let Tulum take you. You, you don't need a phone when you're in Tulum, I promise. <laughs>
0: that's wonderful and talking about um, these um, hidden spots um, usually the podcast is recorded in a place which is a favorite place of um, the guest and um, since you are right now not in Tulum we do this um, online right so we are not in this place that you would choose to record the podcast in so share please if you like um what is your favorite spot in or around Tulum and why
1: I think i might have mentioned it before it's a, it's a little outside of Tulum it's 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 on the road of siankan it's like a kilometer eight or nine and it's actually um how do you call it, on the not on the ocean side but on on like the um, on the side of the mangroves where all the canals are and things like that and there's this, like, rickety old dock that um, a friend of mine showed me, and you can watch the sunset from there, and you can watch the sun setting, you know, over the mangroves, and you can s- it's the most incredible sunsets that I've ever seen. And, and since very few people know about it, there's hardly anyone ever there. And if there are people there, they're, they're just very, you know, chill and, and want to enjoy the sunset with you as well. And it's definitely my favorite place there.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And I think I know the spot. I've been there once and it was really magical because um, the moon like was going up over the ocean. So, I mean, from this place, you only can see the lagoon, right? But a couple of months before, I was at the, at the ocean and the moon rised and on the other side where the dock is, the, the sun went down, right? And it was... Such a special moment because it, you could really feel the Earth being in between these two, uh yeah, planets and the star. You know, it's like wow, that was exactly. really, really, really special. That's a beautiful spot. Thank you so much for sharing this.
1: Yeah, of course, and it was lagoon. I was like, what is the word that I'm looking for? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the lagoon, right? <laughs> yes,
1: um, but yeah, the the moon. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Like when the sun sets and then you see the moon appear uh, it's it's really beautiful
0: yeah there are not many places on earth where you can see it like this i guess um and of course now um after talking so much about uh, you and your project um where can people find you and connect with you
1: so i'm working on you know deciding where I'm going to go artistically next. Um, having done something like the dark side of Toulouse pretty early on in my career, you know, I, I really want to take my time and think about my next move. Uh, in the meantime, I'm, I'm working for a designer in New York City, which I really enjoy right now. But I have a website. Um, I'm sure you'll leave it in the in the comment below, and and you can follow projects on there, which will eventually be there. I don't want to set a timeline. Um, But um, yeah, I'm I'm always going to be creating new stuff so keep an eye out and um, you can watch my film on YouTube it also has its own website thedarksideoftalub.com so you can check it out there and, and yeah
0: perfect, yes of course I will also put all the links to all the stuff you mentioned and everything connected to you in the show notes so that people directly can find it yes um I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for this beautiful and inspiring conversation, because yeah, Tulum wouldn't be as um, yeah what it is as it is uh, yeah what it is today (laughs) without you. I really have to say you inspired me a lot, and um, I thank you so much for your work. And um, yeah, I wish you a wonderful day.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. Really humbling for you for me to hear that. Thank you truly.
0: I hope this episode inspired you to live your dream and explore the world in your own unique way. Tune in soon for another inspiring story from the women living in Tulum, Mexico. Hasta pronto! Your Tulumi Nina.